You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. Now Hear This is a conversation with leaders in Indianapolis that are working to improve the lives of Hoosiers. Our goal is to empower you to join in their work and make a difference while informing you about the unseen aspects of life in Indiana. If you miss an episode, you can listen via podcast at nowhearthisindy.com. Today, our guests are Jennifer McLeod and Jessica Ledesma from the Starfish Initiative, which is an exciting organization that I had not heard about before preparing for this interview. So I'm very excited for all of you to hear about the Starfish Initiative. So let me introduce my guest. First, let's talk to Jennifer McLeod, who is the SVP and Chief Advancement Officer of the Starfish Initiative. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. And Jessica Ledesma, who is a match specialist. Jessica, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Excellent. This is your first time on radio. It is, so I may be nervous, but I'm ready. All right, you've done great so far. We're only 30 (laughs) seconds in, but I have faith in you. Uh, You can check out the Starfish Initiative at starfishinitiative.org or call them at 317-955-7912. Let's start with Jennifer. What is the Starfish story? So the starfish story is one where there were three gentlemen back in 2003 that saw the need to help uh, young people who were um, experiencing unearned adversity but showed academic promise and had a desire to attend college. Um, They thought at that time that um, giving them the opportunity to attend private schools in Indianapolis was the way to help them achieve their academic goals. Uh, but later found that out that um, that wasn't necessarily the case. And what was more critical to their success uh, was pairing them one on one with a mentor. Um, and through that, Starfish evolved to be a one on one mentoring program with a focus on college uh, preparedness, uh, career exploration and character development. Uh, so we are now 17 years old. Um, we have about 1,200 alumni um, who have gone through the Starfish program, and we are looking to grow the number of young people that we serve in Marion County. Uh, we currently serve about 425, and our goal is by 2022 to serve 850 um, Marion High School Marion County High School students. Wow, that's impressive. So on the day-to-day level, Jessica, what does your work look like as an organization and for you personally? Yeah, of course. So, you know, day-to-day, I think our work is definitely guided by just the inspiring stories that we have from our scholars and the mentors. Um, Me specifically, I am a match specialist. Uh, You can think of it a little bit as a client liaison. And so I'm the person that will help recruit scholars, uh, bring them in through the program, teach them everything they need to know about what it means to be a starfish scholar. And of course, then as their mentors join them and they're matched, um, I'm someone there that's, you know, able to help them, provide them with resources. Sources. I coach mentors on how to coach the scholars. We take a strengths-based approach, and so we're just people who are the champions, the person in the corner for the scholars and, of course, for the mentors as well. So, yeah, it's a definite rewarding job. Um, it's something that we absolutely love doing, and there are plenty of success stories that we just love hearing on a daily basis. How did you personally get involved with the organization, Jessica? 
Great question. Yeah. So I had studied uh, secondary English education at IU. And what I realized during my time in student teaching and my time in Lawrence Township schools was that I absolutely loved the students, but I felt like I didn't have the time to uh, get to know them one on one and, and to take away from the classroom time. And so I was pointed in the direction of Starfish and went in wanting to be a mentor and just to make an impact on on that one life and ended up turning it into a, a career. And so it's been a really exciting ride, uh, but I'm glad to be able to bring in all my knowledge on education and curriculum to really help the programming team and, you know, give the scholars as many resources as possible. Great. And Jennifer, how did you end up at Starfish? Why is this your passion? Sure. Um, it's my passion. I, I was in higher education and working with uh, an adult student population uh, of similar demographic background of the scholars that we served. Um, and as I transitioned, I was uh, introduced to Starfish Initiative and thought that this is a great opportunity to help young lives uh, be be able to make some choices early on um, that can give them the opportunity to have greater success at an earlier point in their life um, and be able to grow from that. I think there are a tremendous number of students in Marion County who are facing what we term as unearned adversity, but are very bright, very talented, and just having someone to help guide them um, will help them go a long way and ultimately benefit not only themselves, their family, their community, but um, the city and state at large. So the term unearned adversity, can you expand on that? What does life look like for your scholars before they get involved in the program, Jennifer? Sure. So um, some specific uh, things that s students coming into the Starfish program typically have in common is that they are all eligible for 21st century scholarship dollars, which means uh, these students are eligible for free and reduced lunch. Uh, so they fall within, within an economic threshold that places them uh, categorically in a place of need. Um, there may be in uh, neighborhoods that see a higher level of crime. They may be in a single parent home or grandparent led home. Um, they may have had um, uh, DCS cases. Um, um, and so they are facing those types of things that they didn't initiate themselves, but they are, for lack of a better word, a victim of the, the circumstances in which they live, maybe a lower rated school, um, but they are academically gifted or talented um, and have a desire to accomplish um, some things in terms of academics and career. Okay. And Jessica, when you say when she says academically gifted what does that look like in a student how, how does how does that show itself to starfish initiative of course. So I the first thing that I tell people is our students are very inquisitive. They're academically driven. Um, and so that may look like a wide variety of things. We do follow uh, 21st century scholars fairly closely in terms of having a strong GPA. These students are uh, able and willing to take AP classes and trying to take college courses in order to prepare for school. So they're students who are very driven um, and, and the ones that want to better themselves um, and, and, you know, become a better version of themselves than what they were coming into the program. So, yeah, these students are, are highly motivated and um, will always ask questions, ask for resources and have great relationships with uh, you know, school staff, their teachers and, and such. Okay. Jennifer, what does it look like to you? Like, what are some of the uh, common patterns that you see in these students? Sure. So many of these students, um, 
though they have they are academically talented, they may be a student that is not the grades don't necessarily reflect mm. their ability um, and the things that they can ultimately achieve. Um, and that may be because of some of the things that they're facing that uh, the school can't fully address or mom or dad at home can't fully uh, help them with. Um, and so there is someone either in their life, whether it's mom or dad or a school counselor who has said, hey, um, Chris is a great candidate for your program. And if he had someone who could kind of talk with him and help walk him through um, what this looks like, scheduling, you know, how to plan your time, what are good study habits, or give him just some outside experiences beyond his normal day-to-day life, those things help to encourage and champion that young person to be able to see success beyond uh, what they typically see on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I think it's easy uh I, I grew up in a very good home with and Plainfield, which is, you know, a very uh, financially set town. And so I think there are certain things that I took for granted in my education and the family that I grew up in. My mom is a two time, three time college graduate. So I think there are things that I take for granted that I might not notice that there are a lot of students who just didn't grow up in environments where certain things are just self-explanatory. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's amazing um, that many of these young people may not live leave the one or two mile radius of where they live. Hmm. Um, and so to have a mentor who is willing to say, hey, we're going to spend today at the at new fields. Right. That may be a new experience for them. Um, and to be able to just have a discussion about um, literature or um, any outings that kind of help build uh, confidence um expose them to some things beyond just normal day-to-day things is very beneficial. Yeah, I heard Brian Payne, who's a local nonprofit leader, talk about networks of power are incredibly important in the development of diversity and giving uh, people who are in lower economic situations more opportunities. I mean, in your work, Jessica, what have you seen in terms of the expanded horizons of students who come from uh, what what was the term that you used that that I asked about unearned the, adversity unearned adversity students who are coming from unearned adversity what does it look like when they're in the program and you see that that their mind expand these bright little minds start to go whoa cool no of course so this question i mean just makes me smile thinking about all the things that the students um encounter one of the Funniest um, examples, personally, is uh, I had received a phone call right before our leadership camp. It's a camp where we go um, up to Camp Tecumseh. We spend the weekend there, uh, go through curriculum based on just leadership development and self-advocacy. And so I received a phone call from a mother who was very, very concerned because her son had never left home and slept away from the family before. Mm. And so to um, then, you know, talk to the mother through through that situation and watching her son. I mean, when he first arrived being, you know, that that shy but excited freshman scholar to leaving that camp and just running around, having fun and being a kid. I think those are those opportunities that they sometimes uh, have missed out on and just being able to be a kid 
We have so many other examples where, you know, scholars will go to the movies with their mentor and, you know, they see a movie over Ruth Bader Ginsburg and they become so inspired by the power of just a single individual. And so really what we see is these scholars are experiencing things that we often take for granted, going to camp, having those sleepovers, going to the movies or walking down the canal. And what they experience is this this mind opening um, experience where where they're able to then look and say, I want to go do this again. I want to have a life where I am able to share these this these experiences with my students, with my children. And so they're definitely um, some mind opening experiences for the kids. Jennifer, when she is kind of talking about some of that, is there an example of a scholar that just like le- leapt into your mind that mm-hmm. you just think, wow, that was amazing? Yeah, I- uh, there we have a mentor, and um, he was sharing with me uh, about a young man who was his scholar, and he, he wasn't opening up. Um, he wasn't returning emails or texts. He couldn't quite figure it out, uh, but the mentor remained consistent. Um, and then at some point, um, the scholar shared with him, well, um, I don't have any technology. I don't have a computer. I don't have a cell phone. So other than devices at school, I don't have access to that. And the mentor who um, works here in Indianapolis um, said, okay, and uh, picked him up one day and um, they headed to his place of business. Um, he pulled out a laptop um, because the company is large enough that, you know, they replace equipment fairly regularly. And so they have an abundance of outdated equipment, but still usable. Uh, and he was able to give this young man a piece of equipment. And the just that single effort um, just changed the young man and his his countenance changed his he, his willingness to open up and communicate uh, more frequently and in more depth with his mentor changed. Um, I think one of the questions he asked, because shortly after that, they went to lunch and he took him to a restaurant downtown and he asked his mentor, he said, you eat here? <laughs> he said, Yes, I eat here. And he said, and you can too. And I'm going to help you as we learn to, as we navigate through your high school experience and and figure out what your career path is going to be. And so just that simple, just finding out why the young man couldn't communicate with him and giving him room to be comfortable to share that with him was just the opening he needed to be able to begin a strong relationship with that young man. And they're doing very, very well now. And uh, it's a night and day type of situation, but it was consistency and um, being patient. That's amazing. Great story. You're listening to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. If you miss any part of this program, you can hear it again at nowhearthisindy.com. My guests are Jennifer McLeod and Jessica Ledesma. I imagine that story doesn't just have an impact on the child. I would guess that it has a tremendous impact on the mentor as well. Uh, Let's start with Jessica, who is a match specialist at Starfish Initiative. What kind of experiences do mentors have as they're going through this program with students? 
Well, of course, one one uh, aspect of the program I really love is the character development. And we encourage this on the scholar side. And what happens is the mentors realize they also get this character development. They get to go through and learn about the various cultures of all of our scholars. You know, if you're a mentor who does not know much about the Burmese Chin community and you're matched with a scholar within that community, you get to see how they work together um, and, and just the relationships that they form. Um, mentors also see this wonderful opportunity to um, express this to their co-workers when they bring their scholars into the workplace for a job shadow opportunity. It's a chance for them to really develop and, and talk to their peers about the benefits of this and show them um, that it's it's not too hard to have a relationship with someone in a different generation from you that's so much younger. Um, I have plenty of mentors who they decide to take a year off once their scholar has graduated high school and they don't do this because they necessarily need a break. They do this because they want to be there with their scholar as Mm. they go into college. They want to make sure that scholar knows that they are still there in their corner supporting them. And so we do have mentors who come through and don't realize the impact it's going to have on their life until the very end. And they're like, no, I I need to see this, continue seeing this through and spend more time with my scholar. And of course, you know, we're always open arms, uh, welcoming, welcoming mentors to come back. And, And you definitely see the mentors who come back have had those amazing experiences and um, are willing to share them with so many other scholars. But there is definitely that character development aspect of it where mentors get to come and connect with all of the other mentors to to talk about what it's like to build a relationship with the younger generations, what it's like to uh, bring these younger generations into the workplace and to work alongside them as well. So it's definitely something that is a uh, mutually beneficial to both parties. Jennifer, what have you seen in the mentors? What feedback do they give you? What are some success stories personally that you hear? You know, interestingly enough, much of the staff uh, at Starfish are mentors. Hmm. Um, And I think we all kind of bring our own successes and our rah-rah moments when we've um, seen growth within our individual scholars. Um, Personally, uh, my scholar is a sophomore this year. Uh, when we initially met, she was um, pretty quiet, uh, a little fearful of just basic things, even placing an, an order at a mm. restaurant. Um, and um, she wants to be an animator um, and kind of had her heart set on just one university uh, because of its proximity to home. Um, but in the last six months, she's uh, picked up learning Japanese. Uh, hmm. She plans to uh, become an uh, uh, international student and travel, and she's expanded her um, college um, list in terms of where she thinks she may want to attend. And, you know, as a mentor, it is great to be able to see that um, because part of it is also not only the uh, giving them, them the opportunities to. Um, develop in terms of character and making sure they're hitting the milestones in terms of the college readiness and career development piece. But it is also uh, being able to stand back and watch them mature uh, and mature in a way um, that will give them a long-term benefit because of those things you are exposing them to, because of those conversations you are having with them. Um, And, you know, um, 
as a parent, because I'm also a parent of two now adult uh, folks, um, I know that they didn't always listen to me. And I know it was because, but fortunately they did very well, uh, but they had people in their lives, adults in their lives who said, hey, you should do these things. Now, mom and dad said the same thing, but the outside influence of someone that they respected, uh, who they saw as um, someone they may want to kind of mirror in certain aspects, uh, played a huge role um, in their trajectory, their life's trajectory. So um, to be able to do that for someone else um, is, is very gratifying. And I think that's the case for a lot of mentors. Yeah. We're just coming out of January, and January is a very special month, and that reason is? Because it is National Mentoring Month. There you go. (laughs) So if somebody wants to be a mentor, uh, how do they do it, and how much of a time commitment is it? What does it look like in terms of scheduling? Sure. Well, if they are interested in becoming a mentor, we ask them to visit our website, starfishinitiative.org, or they can give us a call at 317-955-7912. There is an application process. Uh, There is a background check uh, that is required. Um, There is an interview process. um, And all of those pieces take place so that we can, one, explain to you the, the, the commitment level of the program, which is a minimum of two years, um, um, the requirements that each mentor is asked to make in terms of um, mandatory starfish initiative events and things of that nature, uh, but also so that the team can collect information to ensure that you are matched with a scholar um, that you can help succeed. Um, and Jess, are there other things that uh, the process includes? Yes, of course. Well, just the general guidelines as well. You know, uh, we ask that you're at least 21 years of age. We want to make sure that uh, we are getting college graduates. So that includes bachelor's, associate's degrees. And so we're wanting um, a diverse pool of mentors who have this professional uh, experience in in their back pocket, but I think the biggest thing is is we're wanting someone with diverse life experiences, and that looks different for everyone. But what really helps the students is to relate to them on yes, I had those struggles. Yes, I went through this just as you did. You know, we may not be the exact same person, but we've we've both been through this, and so we want the mentors who are open. Uh, to share their struggles, to share their successes, and to guide the scholar in in the right or wrong direction so that they can make their own mistakes, they can have their own successes, and, and like Jennifer had said earlier, just look to someone to uh, as, as a role model and, and to, you know, certain aspects of their mentor. So definitely we're wanting the mentors to just have the open mind and, and the readiness to explore this new relationship with, with a whole new kind of person. And that person is this eager scholar just ready to learn from you. What does your core of mentors look like? What is the common dif- demographics? What are the common characteristics that you see in mentors? Let's go with Jennifer. We'll start with you. Um, well, uh, for us right now, uh, most of our matches, which is about 74 mm-hmm. percent, are cross-cultural matches. Hmm. And so um, that's great because it gives um, mentors and scholars the opportunity to connect with someone different from themselves. Um, and and that's there's huge benefits to that. Um, what we see in terms of age, um, we have kind of have a barbell effect. So we have 
uh, a 21 to maybe 35-ish group. And then we have a a 60-plus group and then some in between. And so um, we kind of understand that a lot of that happens as people get busy with families and careers. Um, But our hope is that um, individuals see the value of mentoring. Um, The commitment for our mentors is that they see their scholar twice a month and on the off weeks at least communicate via text, phone, or email. Um, And once you get into it, you really find that, you know, this is really not that difficult to do, I think, in most cases, especially once the relationship is established. Um, And so um, that is typically the makeup of our our mentor pool. Okay. And you mentioned off air that you have 200 incoming freshmen or hope to have 200. So you definitely need the mentors. On your website, uh, starfishinitiative.org, I, was there a test or I know that you have a form. Is there just a quick and easy way if people can go right now to their computer that they can sign up, Jessica? Yes, of course. Um, and I'm sorry, are you asking for scholars or mentors? Either. I, I, if, you're, uh, if you're Absolutely. listening to this and you want to sign up and you're a scholar, how do you do it? Absolutely. Well, I'll talk a little bit about our scholar recruitment process. We go into the middle schools all over Marion County, and we're constantly trying to expand to even more schools. What we do is we give them a presentation, tell them all about Starfish, this amazing program. Um, they're students who who do meet the requirements that their guidance counselors see. They're those academically driven kids, the ones who are 21st century scholar eligible. And so all it is is the students, you know, give us basic information. Who are you, your age, roughly where do you live? Um, and then we have one essay question, and it's, why should Starfish choose you? Hmm. And so we really focus on learning about the person behind the transcripts. We want to know about your life and your personal experiences. And we want to know what it is that you're looking to get out of a mentor relationship or this college and career prep program. And so really, you know, it's an it's an easy application. It's, it's something that scholars can do very easily. And then, of course, we ask for a, a teacher recommendation that could also include uh, sports coaches, youth leaders. And so we just want to really hear about how the student behaves outside of the classroom and, and what they're really like. In terms of mentors, you know, we're always inviting them. We love doing lunch and learns uh, and going into different organizations. And so having the opportunity to speak to other professionals on on why would you invest the time into these scholars and explaining the benefits not only for the scholars, but for the mentors. And so uh, ex- explaining the program to them and talking through some of the next steps. And then, of course, going to starfishinitiative.org to fill out those applications and, and you know, start going down the pipeline so that we can get you into the program and get you excited to be paired with a scholar or mentor. You're listening to Now Hear This with Chris Spangle. My guests are Jennifer McLeod and Jessica Ledesma from the Starfish Init- Initiative. You know, you've got a lot of people listening right now that may not have heard of your organization. What would you like them to know that every day you think, I just wish people understood this? Let's start with Jennifer. I think what we would want uh, individuals in the community to know uh, is how powerful the Starfish model is um, and what impact it is really having on the lives of um, not only the scholar, uh, but their family. Um, We have an event each year, Senior Celebration, um, and to see those hundred or so seniors who have completed the program and their high school uh, diplomas and the 
the impact on their family um, because most of these kids are first time um, um, first generation college students. Right. Um, many of them might have been the only one to complete a high school diploma. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the hope um, that they provide for not only themselves, but their family is, is, is tremendous. And it has the ability to change not only their lives, but the lives of their family. And so the work that Starfish does to actually go out into the communities and identify um, these young people, we wish we could take all of them, um, but we have to make sure we have mentors that we can match with them. Um, but the work of Jess and the team who go out and identify these kids um, can't be matched. Um, and, uh, is often not done by uh, many organizations. And so um, the value in that is they've already done the hard work for you. Um, they found that kid that just really needs the push. Um, and so they're just looking for you to come alongside and help and work with them to help uh, this young person succeed. And Jessica, what do you wish people understood about your work? Yeah, of course. Um, So I do have a little story on just the impact. It's a story that has given me chills time and time again, but it's it's the starfish story, not the starfish initiative one, but just the starfish story. And so, you know, there's this little boy that's on the beach and he's noted noticed that the tide has gone out again and there are all of these starfish that are on the beach and he's taking the time to throw all of them back into the ocean. An older gentleman walks by and he asks, what are you doing? And so the boy explains, I'm throwing them back in. You know, it's it's helping them. It's 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 really beneficial for the starfish. And this old man, he, he says, you know, I've been walking down the beach and there are so many. You're you're never going to be able to get all of them. And this young man looks to this um, older gentleman and says he picks up a starfish, throws it back in and says, well, I just made a difference for that one. And I think that's the thing it, that we don't even realize. It's the impact on that one individual that can fully change the world. It's something that I think we forget a lot. We see all of these different things that we can get involved in ways to give back into the community. And ultimately, when you build this relationship with this one academically driven, just inspiring scholar, it makes a huge impact on their life and on your life. Um, there's there's so many different ways to learn. And so this is one of those life changing organizations that will connect you with the people that will help change your life um, and that will help you change someone else's life. So that that's really the impact that I feel. And I wish uh, listeners could see like the chills. Mm-hmm. I just I love that story. And I think it fully embraces what Starfish Initiative is. Thank you for joining me. If you want to learn more about the Starfish Initiative, then go to their website, starfishinitiative.org. Or call them at 317-955-7912. Thanks for listening to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. If you missed any portion of our program, you can listen on our website, nowhearthisindy.com. If you'd like to have your organization featured on the show, please contact Gabby at 317-475-7407 or via the contact page on our website. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next weekend with Now Hear This. Our goal at the Chris Spangle Show is to help you sound smarter while talking with your friends. If you struggle to understand politics, we explain it from an independent libertarian perspective with all of the irreverence modern politics deserves. 
We toss out the screaming heads and put people before political parties and give context to the news to make you think. I'm the host. I'm a 15-year veteran of politics and media, and this show is published every Saturday. It's part of the We Are Libertarians network, and be sure to join Wall Plus for bonus podcasts, the complete archives, commercial-free shows, and more. Subscribe now at wearelibertarians.com.